Okay, so yesterday we began learning about the unique mitzvah of the menorah, laying the menorah on Hanukkah, and how it differs from the menorah in the temple and from the candles that we light on Shabbos. Uh, briefly, um, it's different in time, space, and soul. The menorah that we light, every member of the family lights it, and or every uh, male in our custom lights a menorah, and um, supposed to the Shabbos candles, just the woman lights the Shabbos candles on behalf of the family. The time and space of Shabbos candles, it's, it's the Shabbos candles are lit specifically before sundown. Hanukkah is lit specifically after sundown. The Shabbos candles are lit inside the house. The menorah is lit on the entrance to the home, the outside. And also, so that's how it differs from the uh, Shabbos candles. And it differs also from the menorah in the Beis HaMikdash, only the Kohen God lights Menorah, and it's lit inside the Beis HaMikdash. That's how it differs in, in soul and in um, uh, space, and in time, it's also lit before sundown. So you, so you want to know the reason for all these um, distinctions between the Menorah and Shabbos candles, the Menorah and the Beis HaMikdash, and the question is especially um, uh, stronger, it's a sharper question regarding the difference between the menorah and the menorah and the base of Mikdash because the whole point of the menorah that we light is to commemorate the miracle that happened with the menorah in the base of Mikdash and therefore we have to understand why is it that it differs in these three areas. So to understand this we started talking about the uh, words of Yaakov. Yaakov said, I am, I am unworthy of all your kindness and all your truth. And we explained that um, kindness and truth refer to two ways of serving Hashem. Kindness, Hashem shows a person kindness, Hashem is bringing that person close to Him. And so too, in our davening, we, we bring out our desire to be close to Hashem, that's, that's kindness. And truth is Torah. And when we learn Torah, when we daven, we draw down the essence of Hashem into this world. And the essence of Hashem is beyond all limitations. I just want to qualify for a second. It's not that we draw Hashem to be in the world. Hashem is here already. Hashem is, there's no place Hashem is not. And unlike other, uh, others misunderstood what the symptom is, Abad uh, Al-Dreb and Tanya says that Hashem's contraction, that symptom Hashem made, is not a, to be taken literally, that Hashem actually removed himself from the world, but just that his light became hidden within the luminary, but not that there's, that there's a vo- actual void where Hashem isn't. So when we talk about drawing Hashem's essence in the world, it's... Um, it doesn't mean to uh, bring Hashem here. What it means is, is, is that Hashem's essence should not only be here because, of his, because He is here, but He should also be here because of the world's perspective. He should come here from the world's bringing Him in. It doesn't necessarily mean that He's revealed yet. I mean, grown up with used to like talking about the analogy of, of a download. You're downloading something into the computer. It doesn't mean you see it, but it's there. So in a similar way, the Abishur is, is here, but our role in in Torah and in prayer is to, um, is, to, is to bring Hashem's essence into the world from the perspective of the world, that we're inviting Him into the world. And it's, there's, a, there's a change. Like, it's, it's similar to, um, everyone wants to compare this to the laws of, of marriage, there's a, there's a difference between, between um, testimony in marriage and testimony in other, in other um, laws of Torah. If I borrow $1,000 from Rabbi Yisrael, so I owe him $1,000. If no one was there to see it, do I still owe him $1,000? Can, 
Depends who you ask. No, the, the, the truth is I owe, I owe me $1,000 anyways because the reason I owe me $1,000 is not because I borrowed, not because the witnesses, the witnesses are just there to verify, to, to authenticate, to prove to the court. However, if Reuven marries Lata and there's no witnesses there, they're not married. The witnesses are called in, in the Gemara, Ede Kiyum, witnesses that make it happen. Not just witnesses, the Ede Bira, witnesses that, that clarify, that prove that it happened, they make it happen. In a similar way, the Jewish people, our role is, is that we are... We are witnesses to Hashem's truth, it's not that, that our, our testimony is just to verify, it actually does something. Our role is to bring Hashem's presence in the world from the perspective of the world. And eventually it's, it will be revealed Mashiach comes. But the point is that our Torah and our prayer draws godliness into the world, draws the essence of Hashem into the world, and therefore the impact that it has is on the lowest parts of the world. You know you're touching essence when it affects everything because essence has no boundaries, no limitations. If it only touches something, not other things, if it only touches higher, not lower, that means you haven't reached essence. So Yaakov's continuation of his prayer is, save me from Asa. And his prayer is accepted because he has connected to Hashem's essence. What, is, what impacts Asa? what impacts the, the, this person who is in the lowest possible spiritual state it's a revelation of Hashem's essence. That's what causes Asa to be, to be transformed. So why is his prayer effective not only to neutralize Asa, but to transform Asa? It's because Asa, the cliff of the evil, and Asa has been uh, transformed as a result of the revelation of Hashem's essence. Okay, that's, that's what we um, concluded with yesterday. And then we, then we asked um, a question in Yaakov's next line. Yaakov said, I crossed the Jordan with my staff. We wanted to understand, okay, he's highlighting that all he had was a staff, as uh, Dr. Bresson mentioned yesterday, he was attacked by Eliphaz, and all he had was a staff, so, so he's highlighting the great abundance he has, he has now two, two camps, he has a lot, but why is he specifically men- mentioning this detail? And also, why is he called his own staff? And really, this staff wasn't his own staff, whose staff was it? Do you remember? Who's that? I mean, uh, what do you, Moses. So he says, Moshe made a staff, who else's staff was going to be? It's also yeah. Mashiach's staff. So why is it called my staff? So, so to understand this, let's go to Gimel on page Chavav. Page Chavav, line number four. Page 26, line number four. How can he was a staff? Because, that's wrong, right? He was preceding Moses. He wasn't the only one who had the staff. Oh, this staff was passed on. You know, in Lubavitch, they had a suit that you wore when you wanted to go out on a date. Yeah. There was the suit in Lubavitch. Everyone had used the same suit. I don't know how it worked exactly, but Yankel weighed this amount. The Shmerel weighed that amount. And the Yankel was this, this tall, but no one had a suit, so everyone wore this suit. This was the staff. This was the staff of, of all the leaders of Jewish people. Why is it called my staff? The Yuvan. Huh? I'm sorry, it both in the same thing happened in New York some years ago. Yeah. I heard it from Stuhl over Yeah. There was a suit. Is this a suit? Are these witnesses to make it happen? Is this the same thing when two witnesses warn somebody up? If you do this, and you know, capital punishment. Without that, it wouldn't be um, the same kind of uh, make it happen witness. It's a that's a good good question. It's a it's a it's a deeper question than than I want to cover today. But uh, it's 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 a, it's a very good question. There there is some discussion about what the purpose of the warning is. Is it in order to establish that he is doing this? On purpose, or is it something more? But uh, let's, let's go further now. In Ayis Gimel, the Yuv and back to right. He did it on purpose without the witnesses doing it. So, so from from perspective of the heavenly court, he's already guilty. 
whether or not, whatever, let's, let's go for it. When they're standing by first prefacing the words of the Shalah. Shalah explains what's the meaning of the words, my staff. Shalah explains that the words, are an acronym for the words of two verses. That's those are the first four letters of that phrase. My staff. The first word is key. Key base mem. That stands for <coughs> Who is like you among the mighty Hashem? And the last three letters, kuf um, yud. Uh, they they stand for to, for your salvation. I hope Hashem. So this is the name of the Maccabi. The Maccabi. Um, on the staff, on the shield of the Maccabim, in the story of Hanukkah, uh, why are they called the Maccabim? What was their, what was their, the reason for their their uh, title as Maccabim was because they had on their shields the words Mikom um, Mashem. That that that's who was like among the mighty Hashem, emphasizing, of course, that it wasn't their strength that they're going out to battle with, but rather it's 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 the one who is really mighty, who is like you among the mighty Hashem. So so that's. Shashayach gam li Yehuda Maccabi, which is also relevant to Yehuda Maccabi, will gam Rosh Hateves Baruch Hashem and it also Mikom Mechabel Hashem or Mem Chav Beis Yud also is an acronym for another phrase, which is "Lest is the glory of Hashem from His place." So the first four letters of Yaakov's words stand for says the Shalah Mikom Mechabel Hashem, who is like you among the mighty Hashem, and also stands for. Um, Baruch Hashem Kamei, blessed are the glory of Hashem from His place, and 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 the last uh, three letters of Yaakov's phrase, um, Keli Makli um, stands for uh, for your salvation. I hope Hashem. So what does this mean? We have to analyze these two verses, and then we'll be able to go back and see what what Yaakov meant with this with putting those two verses together. Let's go with the first verse. Who is like you amongst the mighty Hashem? There are two translations of that verse. The first explanation of the previous Rebbe in his discourse, which starts with the words uh, is this. The first explanation is, Who is like you among the Alamim. Alamim is the mighty, the mighty ones. Who is like you? Among all mighty people, who is like you? That's one explanation. That's one translation of that verse. And that's how it's translated in our Siddur. Abachan and Neymar Mikomecha Chasin Yudke, Mikomecha Chasin Misapik. So this Abachanan says, Who is like you? Hashem Chasin, who holds himself back. Meaning, the, uh, the word Be'elim doesn't mean the, the mighty. Be'elim means among all the silent ones. Who is like you, Hashem, who, is, who, is hold, who holds himself back and is silent? According to the first explanation, Elim means power. For example, when we say a Gever Alim, a strong man, it means he's strong in the physical sense, in the worldly sense. He's a strong man. That's the first translation of the word Elim. According to the second explanation, Elim means a, a mute. 
That means we're talking about Hashem hiding Himself. We're talking about the 48 lower combinations of Shem Elokim. What does that mean? There is, there are, um, in every five-letter word, um, there are 120 combinations that can be made of every five-letter word. Um, the way you figure it out is, in the five-letter word, it's five times four times three times two times one. That's how you figure out how many combinations can be made. So in the name of Hashem Elokim, is about every name of Hashem is not um, it's about portraying as the Medrash says according to my actions I am called so every name of Hashem is portraying something that Hashem is doing Hashem, some power of Hashem it's not portraying Hashem's essence that's how Hashem relates to us how Hashem, is, how Hashem is interfacing with us what Hashem is doing for us or with us so so, so the name Elohim is the name of Hashem which is about Hashem hiding himself why are there 120 combinations? Well, Hashem's hiding from, from us is not to the purpose of hiding, not for the purpose of hurting us, Hashem, but every concealment is for the purpose of, of revelation. Every act of gvura, every act of, of, of uh, discipline is for the purpose of kindness. So externally, there is discipline, there is concealment, but deeper, there is kindness. So, in the first three letters of Hashem's name, um, you could still notice it's, it's still apparent the kindness. But then there are the, the lower. If, if there's five letters, so, so if you if with each um, each letter beginning the word um, has twenty four combinations, each letter has twenty four. So the last two letters of um, of of, of Elikim are Yud and Mem. So Yud and Mem. Each has when they begin the word, they have respectively twenty-four combinations each, so a total of forty-eight combinations. So a total of one hundred twenty combinations, and the last two letters of Shemulakim have forty-eight combinations. The last two letters um, are also the lowest combinations, the lowest concealments of Shemulakim. Com- concealment in a way where there's no more any feeling of, of, of the purpose of the revelation. All the feeling is, is that we're in the dark over here. This is not good. There's, there's a total concealment. It's not a concealment in a way that you notice what it's for. It's a concealment in a way that you feel completely in the dark. A, a, a challenge in a way that there's no light. So that's why Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim, the, the, the nation Mitzrayim, is a uh, grandchild of Cham. As we say every night in, in Mayrev, we say Hashem redeemed us from the children of Ham. Who are the children of Ham? Children of Ham is Mitzrayim. The word Mitzrayim is made up of two words. Meitzarmi. Meitzar means a concealment. Me of Mem Yud. Mem Yud are the lower last two um, letters of Hashem, of the name of Lakim, which causes the concealment in Mitzrayim, the, the total darkness that's in Mitzrayim. So Hashem rescuing us from the children of Ham also means Hashem rescued us from the concealment, the eighty, uh, the forty-eight combinations are the last two letters of Shem Elokim. The total darkness that that, that prevailed in Mitzrayim, the, the 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 concealment of the of the Yud and the Mem, the lower, the last two letters of Shem Elokim. So so the, when it says in the uh, so according to the second explanation, according to the first explanation, it means who is like you, Hashem, among almighty people. According to the second explanation, what does Be'elim mean? It means who is like you who is so silent. How is Hashem so silent? Hashem causes a concealment of, of His light. 
to such an extent that he we, that um, that there is there's no sense of revelation at all. Um, one second. Okay, so what I just told you about the Yud and the Mem, that there's a concealment of the Yud and the Mem, looking down the note over here, um, there's more to the story. Um, the word Elaim, right, is also part of Hashem's name, Elohim. Elaim means someone who's mute. So Aleph, Lam, and Mem are... are um, is a word that means mute, which means concealment, because Hashem is not revealed, He's silent. Like, like it says, a sheep is silent before her shearers, so too it says that, I, that the, the godly energy in, her, in the sphere of Malchus, the sphere, the energy of creation, um, that sphere descends to create the world, and in its, in, in its descent to create the world, there is a, a, um, there is a separation from the letters of Yudke, from from the um, Shemelakim, Yudke departs from Shemelakim, and now all that's left is Elaim. So in Shemelakim itself, you have Yudke, and you have Aleph Lamed Mem. I was not confusing you. I was telling you what I knew from other discourse about this, about about, about the forty-eight uh, combinations of Hashem's name. But what's more important for this discourse is the, is the following: is that there is there is the Hashem's name Elokim has two parts: is Yudke and Elaim. Yudke is Hashem's is Hashem name of Hashem. It's revelation, and Elaim means the guy who is silent. Why is the guy silent? The guy is silent because he lost his yudke. What, what that means is, why is there? Why are we experiencing a total con- consumed of godliness? Because the let, when when malchus descends, the world's beneath malchus. When Hashem's energy is going to create the world and descending from the world of Atzilus, it loses the, the the godly revelation of yudke, and all that's left is you take out yud. If you take out the, le- the letters yud and, and hey from the name of Lakim, what do you have left? You have left elim. You have left this to- this 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 um, the, the mute. So what, what causes the mute is that there's a, there's there is a removal of yudke, okay. Um, so now we have two translations. The first is who is like you among the mighty. The second is who is like you among all those who are silent. Your, your silence, your concealment is, is incredible. So based upon what we explained. That Mikamecha Bail Mashem has two explanations. It means strength and it means silence. It means holding your, holding back. What's the relationship between um, the two acronyms of Maccabi, Mikamecha Bail Mashem, and Barak Kveshem Kemi? What's the connection between these two verses? The first verse, who is like you among the mighty, who is like you among the Sant Hashem? And the second verse, blessed be the glory of Hashem from his place. What's the connection between those two verses? Maccabee stands for both. We also need to understand what's the relationship between the name Maccabee, which is numerically equivalent to kindness, Maccabee equals to kindness, and how does that relate with the words, the simple, the, 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 the acronym of Maccabee, which again is who is like you among the mighty or who is like you among the silent. So 
the two translations of Hashem are respectively, one is talking about being strong in the physical sense, and one is talking about Hashem hiding himself. So how, do, how does that relate to the numerical equivalent of Maccabi? Maccabi equals Chesed. Mem Chav Beis Yud equals Chesed Machdalad. Maccabi equals kindness. Similarly, if we're talking about Hashem being silent, that's not the idea of kindness. So we have, again, two questions. Question number one is, what is um, the relationship between the two translations of Hashem to, um, to the other acronym of Maccabi, Baruch Hashem Mukaymi, blessed be the glory of Hashem from this place. How does blessed be the glory of Hashem from this place relate to um, the silence of Hashem or the might of Hashem? And number two, how does, how does Maccabi relate to Chesed? How is Maccabi about Chesed? Maccabi seems to be about Hashem hiding himself, Hashem being silent, or Hashem's power in the creation. What does that have to do with kindness? So now we're going to continue on Eita Isdal, on top of the next page. To understand this, we first have to explain the other verse, the other acronym. Let's focus on the verse, blessed is the glory of Hashem from His place. We, we explained two meanings of, of Mika Meicha. Now let's go into the other verse, the other acronym of Maccabee. Blessed be the glory of Hashem from His place. Who, who says those words? This is something that's relevant to the angels called Ifanim and the angels called Chaisakedesh. Which are higher than the angels called Serafim. The angels called Serafim, they have a different phrase they say, a different song they sing. What's their song? Their song is, Holy, holy, holy is, is the Lord of hosts. The, the world is full of His glory. That's the song of the Serafim. What is the meaning of their song? Their praise, their, their thrice repetition of the word holy is talking about how Hashem is beyond three worlds. However, the other verse, blessed be the glory of Hashem from His, from his place, is referring to the, the divine flow being drawn, the word bless also means to be drawn down. Like whenever we say a bracha, we're drawing godliness into the world. So, means that there's a divine flow. Where's the divine flow going? The divine flow is going into this physical world. So, is about an opposite thrust, not about how Hashem is beyond the three worlds. And Hashem is this truth of Hashem, how, how He is be, transcends those worlds. Rather, Baruch Kavayim is talking about how Hashem's light is drawn down into the physical world. The Tamadavar. So why did the higher angels? Um, why did why did why do, does their praise cause Hashem's um, light to descend to a lower place, to a physical world? It, it would seem if there are higher angels, then they should be connected to a higher level of transcendence. So why is it that? Their praise of Hashem, if, if the Ifanim are greater than the Yisrafim, so then why does their praise cause Hashem's light to descend lower to the physical world? learned the answer earlier on today. Because the, what, what's, their, what's their full line? Their line is, blessed be the glory of Hashem from His place. Who is His place? From His source, from His root. What's the root? 
The root of everything is the essence of Hashem. So since we're talking about something coming from the essence of Hashem, so therefore it, is, it, it, it the famous Hasidic flip, whatever has a higher source, is able to descend to a lower place. Because it's coming from the essence of Hashem, therefore it extends to the physical world. Through the praise of the angels called, called Serafim, Serafim literally, literally means to be burnt up. They're burnt up with their, their um, revelation of Galenus, causes them to have this great yearning for Hashem in a way that, that they absorb they absorb this feeling. That's why they're burnt up by their their, their feeling. It's it's something which 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 causes them to, um, uh, to yearn to to become absorbed in Hashem's truth. So their praise of Hashem's uh, light, Hashem's greatness, of Hashem's transcendence, they only connect to a tiny ray of godliness. And although you can't you really say there's a ray of Hashem's essence, because Hashem is. Um, we're calling um, okay in short we'll go into this a little bit more tomorrow but in short the angels called Serafim only draw down a more external revelation, and the angels called Ifanim, they draw down from a higher and deeper revelation. And that's why the um, angels, which, which um, are singing about Hashem being, glory being drawn down from His place, where is that, where's the impact of that? Since, it's, since they are connecting to a higher and deeper um, they're connecting to, to Hashem's essence Himself, therefore the divine flow reaches the physical world. However, the, the other angels, who's, who their praise only is talking about Hashem's transcendence, is talking about a lower expression of Hashem's truth, not Hashem's essence, something more external, therefore it, it, all that, um, their, their praise only causes a more external, external revelation. There is the external part of Hashem's crown and inner dimension of Hashem's crown. So the angels who are talking about Hashem's transcendence, their praise only connects to Hashem's to external part of the crown, versus the angels who talk who are bringing Hashem's light to the physical world. They are connecting to the essence of Hashem. They're connecting to the inner dimension of Hashem's crown. All right, to be continued, as we'll see with Hashem tomorrow. That this is the difference between the word Chesed and Emes, kindness and truth. That. Um, and uh, 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 Mr. Shem, we will get to tomorrow. Okay. Hazaka Baruch.